rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Oh, I love that opening of our show. Rational thoughts that we have. We have plenty of those today. Got a great guest on today. He's got a book coming out. It's very, very interesting. Um, he's an entrepreneur, like a lot of us, business advisor, his author. He's dedicated to helping business owners unlock their real potential. He's got great work ethic, natural leadership abilities. Um, he's got a BS in engineering, not a BS, but a Bachelor of Science in engineering. So he's great at analytical thinking and problem solving, which you know a lot of people in the advisory space are very right brain and salesy. Steve is not. Steve is like, here's how things work. So I want to sh uh, share with you his wisdom today on our show. Welcome, Mr. Steve Duke. Steve, how are you today? I'm fine, Doug. Glad to be here. Okay, cool. So um, we talked briefly before the show started about you know what you do and the problems out there with, uh, oh my gosh, the uh, one of our books was called The $78 Trillion Tsunami. All these baby boomers retiring and the business owners are like, how do I sell my business? And you mentioned that before the show started, you were just talking with somebody who had a had a $50 million business very recently, and now it's zero. And he's like, how can you, wow, that's, that's amazing. The, the point is we're going to talk today about people who may want to transition, exit, or at least keep their value and the traps and problems they're facing that they don't know about. That's what I want to cover. We all know we need to adapt to changes in AI, but there's a bunch of hidden things I think you're going to share with us, if I'm not mistaken, on how to make sure that you can keep your growth or at least have a healthy exit, right? So before we do that, I want to hear about your background as an engineer, how you got in from engineering and transitioned into consulting. Well, it was, um, it, I guess I probably didn't follow my own advice. Or my <laughs> My life, my life probably was incidental as opposed yeah. to intentional. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I, I grew up in a humble background. I grew up on a family farm, uh, nice. which uh, caused me to uh, develop a fairly significant work ethic. Mm -hmm. uh, so much so that when I got into the corporate world, um, people thought I was a bit strange because there was still work to be done and I was still working and everyone else was leaving. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I got into engineering, uh, you know, the activity when I was growing up was fairly mechanical. So I got into mechanical engineering, I got a BS and then an MS and oh. actually about 20 years later, uh, I got an MBA Wow! and, uh, uh, started engineering and, uh, I was one of those unique engineers that, uh, could frequently string a couple sentences together. So. So I eventually got into uh, leadership positions uh -huh. and uh, worked my up, way up the food chain. I uh, went through business development, program management, project management, uh -huh. and I was a GM of a fairly significant uh, uh, business unit uh, sure. for a time being as well. Okay. And what? how did you uh, get in the consulting space after all the engineering and leadership experience? What, what was the uh, pivotal point there to take you into that? Well, that truly was accidental. That's okay. I'm, I, uh, I'm here as an accident too. I think a lot of us are. I, I, uh, when I left the corporate world, I started in a, uh, uh, a marketing related business. 
mm-hmm. and sold it as a, as a result of a, of a health issue. And uh, the guy that sold it, uh, uh, he was in the community. I knew him. So one day I was just networking and I went to talk to him uh, to have a cup of coffee. And he said, hey, how would you like to do this? So, so I said, well, OK, I, I know a little bit about business and businesses. So it seems like a seems like a decent fit. So I got started there. Just over coffee, just made the big pivot just like that, huh? Just like that. I love it. That's great. Yeah, I I, saw, I got into it by accident, too. I was uh, spent 20 years in the real estate investment development and training industry. And in 2008, that all went away. So during my little boohoo phase as everything was crashing, I wrote a book and the book was awful. But I, I <laughs> want to make it better. So I learned about publishing. That's how I got into this industry. So it's, you know, small little movements can set us on completely different paths. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yep. So let's talk about the business owners out there who are, you know, maybe have a little gray like like me or um, are growing their companies. And you're seeing the big picture here based on what you said earlier. Um, what are some of the key things that people should be looking out for in terms of getting the business preparing for growth or exit? Well, uh, you, you referenced this uh, gentleman that I, I just spoke to, the, yeah. the guy that had the $50 million business. And the conversation I just had with him, uh, and you know this, or most people know this, but we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. That's right, yeah. So, so this particular gentleman is a lot more astute and insightful today than he was you know, five years ago when he started this business. Right. So He started five years ago? uh yeah maybe eight but whatever to get the 50 million in less than 10 years that's he's working he was really good at sales (laughs) which which by the way is one of the problems in uh that some businesses can face because Mm -hmm. they go gangbusters selling stuff and they sell themselves out of a business wow uh, you've got so much business, you can't fulfill it, or your customer service, you know, uh, yeah. ends up being a mess and, and you lose your reputation. So, wow. so that, that's one thing business owners uh, need to pay attention to. They're better off paying attention to their bottom line as opposed to their top line. Um, hmm. What what in your what in your world is it the top line? The bottom revenue. line is profit, but yeah. revenue. Revenue. Yeah. Revenue. Okay. So obviously revenue is important, but don't go crazy if you're going to run out of cash. Yeah, I was talking to someone earlier today who has a nice little 30, 40 million dollar company. And he was tracking really well before COVID with, uh, you know, double digit on his on his EBITDA. It was very solid. And after COVID, it's down to single digits. It's like, uh, you know, his volume is still kind of there, but the. Uh, the margins are really tight. It's all oh, accrual looks great, you know, but cash flow, oh, so that's so wonderful. I've got a I've got a friend that uh, had a pretty substantial business. I'll just same as this guy that I was referencing, going gangbusters, selling, 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 yeah. and he uh, ran the company out of cash and out of business. Wow. So. Wow. So but, okay, so pay, pay attention to the bottom line. Um, sounds kind of obvious to me. But I guess as some people growing, they're focusing on that top line stuff and not paying attention to margins, huh? Absolutely correct. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say my 
If I got a message for uh, business owners, uh, I don't know if the Boy Scouts are in vogue today or not, but uh, always be prepared. Yeah. Because fifty uh, percent of exits are unplanned. Wow, fifty percent. Fifty percent. So life oh. happens, and you need to be prepared for it at all times. Yeah, interesting. All right, so being prepared, uh, paying attention to bottom line before top line, or at least in concert with it. What else is, is, a, is well, this a good time to show you a graphic or? Uh, sure. Yeah, I've got, I'm looking at Steve's website earlier and it's got a beautiful graphic that really demonstrates um, you know, what he's talking about here. So we'll just bring that up on the screen and people can see it here in a second. But yeah, we talk about the business life cycle and this is the fun part for entrepreneurs. Yeah, we're growing, growing. and. Yeah, a lot of them go out of business five years or 10 years. But this is the part where they don't know what's going on, right? This, I'm looking at the squiggly lines there. Yeah, and I, it, most people are familiar with statistics. As you just said, most businesses fail within 10 years. Yeah. Uh, only a, a few percentages of businesses make it over a million dollars in revenue. Uh, so, I mean, that's data to suggest that they could use some advice. Right. Right. But, but I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit unique. I work with uh, some early stage businesses at a, at a local incubator, mm -hmm. as well as more mature business to help them grow, exit planning and exit. So, so I understand what happens at the far end of the business life cycle, which suggests yeah. what people should have done, business owners should have done earlier to avoid pitfalls well, that's what we want to cover today Stephen. we got about 10 minutes here i want to find out other than looking at bottom line give me uh i don't know how many got three four or five different tips they can do so they don't get caught with the majority of people here well probably number one is uh you you want to avoid owner what i call owner centricity mm -hmm. and if, if if you the owner are the business yeah what's the acquirer buying when you leave uh, when you close the door and leave yeah so and yeah. you know the stats uh, about 80 percent of businesses that go to market don't sell so that's one of the reasons um you need to have good financials uh, a lot of small business owners or yeah uh, small to medium-sized business owners uh, think it's uh it's good to Put stuff in the in the, in the expense category to minimize their taxes, but yeah, it, uh, that's not good. You know, simplistically speaking, business is valued based upon uh, multiple times the the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're you're tucking away a dollar in the expense category that doesn't belong there, then you're losing say for multiples three. You're losing three dollars when you go to sell. Yeah, I think it's it's very common in the sub million dollar level where people are living their life through their business. And at a certain point, it's like, okay, this is a real business. You've got, you know, you know, staff, employees, maybe some compliance things. You gotta you gotta be uh straight and narrow on that stuff. You can't be taking the mom pa mentality into your, you know, two or three million dollar enterprise. It's probably a bad idea. Right. So you need to have a good, solid management staff, senior staff. Yeah. Um, I have a phrase. You also don't want to have a hostage situation. Hostage? <laughs> yeah. And by that, I mean, you want 
if you've got key employees, you want to make sure that they're tied to the company somehow, maybe yeah. an incentive program or something like that. Uh, if you've got a, a key, one or two key suppliers and your company's going to crumble, yeah. uh, so you want to have flexibility in your suppliers. And probably the biggest is uh, uh, you don't want to have more than 10 or 15% of your revenue coming from any single particular client. Yes. Speaking of engineering, my best friend from high school is a mechanical engineer, and he worked for a company that made um, winches for for ships. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, that's a cool, that's a big thing, you know, gears and whatnot. Who are some of your clients? He says, oh, we only have one client, the U.S. Navy. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's a good for a few years, but all of a sudden they get somebody go there and undercut them. It's like they wipe out the whole company. So, yeah, it's exactly right. Very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. So I have multiple, yeah, no, no hostage to any, any vendors, no hostage to customers or employees. That makes sense. What else? Well, uh, of course, one of the fundamentals is to have a uh, differentiated market market position. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Acquirers buy what they can't create themselves. So if you've got something unique, then that's yeah. attractive uh, as yeah. a position candidate. Wow. Yeah. Uh, other one is the uh, market size. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're a little niche place and there's no upside, then you're, you're not too interesting. But if mm -hmm. you're in, in a large, I'll use a technical term, a yeah. ginor ginormous market. That's right. Then, then uh, you're going to be more attracted because there's more upside for an acquirer. Yeah. Interesting. So, so I know obviously, and this might be obvious to everybody, but people who are having a, you know, enterprise level company, you've got to have independent audits. You've got to have SOPs, all those things to make it purchasable. Um, what about the guy who's got a lawn care company or, you know, a flower shop, he's a small business. Um, some of the things he can do, some things he can't do. It's hard, hard to differentiate if you own a, a landscaping company, I'm guessing. I don't know. Is there, is there things a little guy can do? to uh, play with the big boys and position yourself for for um, a possible exit like that? Well, actually, the, the same principles uh, apply to the little guy. I mean, if it's a one-man, one-man, one one yeah. individual show, then it, it is what it is. But but even small businesses, less than a million dollars, they can have uh, a senior staff and they can have documented processes sure. and good financials, you know, mm -hmm. you know a multitude of clients so yeah. so the same pr principles apply okay what, what's some uh give me a, a story i've always left stories as you know give me a story of uh one of your most uh maybe read or done it with somebody who's like wow that was a really good thing that happened here to help you grow your company or you know exit it well uh unfortunately there's more unpleasant stories in there are let's start with the unpleasant one that's that's for me something to avoid that's fine we'll do one of those well i mean uh, uh, i guess about a year ago i had a, a manufacturing business so it was uh, about four million dollar revenue you know, mm -hmm. decent size business uh but uh, this individual failed to get my advice beforehand <laughs> so the he had a great deal of well the business was owner centric uh -huh. Uh, so it, uh, 
he could have sold it, but uh, probably 10 times less than what he wanted for it because, because of the owner's simplicity. Yeah. So, so did he end up selling it? Uh, actually, he did not. Right. So, I mean, and, you know, that's, so he's one of the 80% that go to market that don't sell. Wow. And let's take his as an example. Obviously, no names here, but he's doing a $4 million a year manufacturing. What kind of multiple would a manufacturing business get nowadays? Uh, I mean, if it had good characteristics, it, it could be in the five or six range. Okay. So let's say it's five. It's easy bad. So he could have had a $20 million exit from his company had he replaced himself early on, right? The owner's the first one you got to replace or I mean, want to bring in a, a, someone to run it, right? Yep. And it, uh, ideally, uh, you... You document all your senior staff and you get backups for all your senior staff. Ah. Minimize failure points. Right. Uh, acquisitions are all about risk. You know? Yeah. How do you back up senior staff? Just have someone else you know in the wings? I mean, what does that mean, back them up? Yeah, someone in training. Wow. Okay. It doesn't have to be ironclad, but right. you know, at least a notional plan of, okay, we've got someone in training. Something that's working closely, uh, they could pick it up if this other person gets yeah. hit by a bus or, or leaves or retires or, or whatever. Sure. So it's all about uh, thinking ahead. And, and Yeah, I like that. So, like a, for example, just use this guy's example. Obviously, I get no names, but if a $4 million manufacturing company, how many people would be considered senior management that have to be looking at? Forget the, the shop workers. What about the senior? How many people? Would be, it doesn't have to be, you know, we're not talking dozens of people here. You know, three or four key people yeah. can run that kind of business like that. Right, right, right. Okay, so you just have some uh, managers in the wings working something. So, yeah, he could be promoted if if Joe leaves, bring up Mitch, type of thing. Huh? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I cross train all my employees, by the way. I want to make sure they can do everything. Yeah, that's really good. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Okay. That's a good approach. All right. So do you have any, do you have any success stories? I know that you got more 80% failures in the world, not from you, but from people not exiting. Any, any success stories? Somebody who like, ah, they, they did it. They did it right. Can't be all doom and gloom here. Well, I have, I haven't had an ex, you know, uh, I, I guess an accidental success. Or no, not in you, but something you've read or worked on during your, uh, you know, 10 years as a, as a business person, you've seen things and talked to people. Doesn't have to be your client. Well, uh, there there was an example. Of, I didn't do it, but I had a related yeah. business like this to sell. That uh, uh, I talked about owner or, or uh, customer concentration. Mm -hmm. This particular client here, client did have uh, one customer, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but it, it took three years. But the business was eventually sold. Ah, so. You can't say there's there's a buyer for everything, but uh, sometimes if you're tenacious enough, then you yeah. can. Yeah, one of, my, one of my clients um, had one client, but it was Louis Vuitton. So he was uh, in only one division of this multi-billion dollar company, and he was doing very well for a number of years. And like, you know, you could actually go to other divisions in that company and do your same thing and just, you know, spread yourself out a little bit. Right. He, he was a you know small operator, was like less than five employees, so it was like it was okay for him for now. And he, last time I spoke with him, he's got other clients now. He's not just focusing on the big one. But um, yeah, it's really good advice to um. I like the hostage reference there, Steve. It makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. 
Um, what is one piece of advice you'd give a person who is in the, in the thought process? They've got time, you know, their business is established, it's over a million. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give them to make sure they don't screw it up in the time to exit in two or three years? Well, whether it's see me or see someone like me, an exit planner, right? An assessment and find out what your situation actually is. Yeah, that is. Very clear advice. I love that. Yeah. And the reason is, I'm going to just say it, but you can reiterate or, can, you know, add to it. Um, entrepreneurs, they, they see what they see and they're all rose colored, you know, happy, happy stuff. But they don't see the ecosystem that you see, you know, how, you know, capital's changed and the market's changed. They might not be, they're so busy in a business, they don't see, you know, who the potential buyers could even be, maybe. Yeah. I, I wish I could get more business owners to realize that. Uh... Planning is not implementation. So when they hear the words exit planning, that doesn't mean you have to exit. You're just yeah, plan for it. That is a let's end on that. Yeah, that's great. Say that again. I love the way you said that. Planning is not implementation. So that's right. you can plan for an exit, but you don't have to take it. You know, just get it ready to go. So the if the one of my one of our clients said that he has a uh, same space in MA and he uh he says, like, I think. 30% of his calls are people get unsolicited offers and they, they don't know what they're doing. They're start, they start to talk <laughs> and he's like, don't talk. Right. Cause they'll say something. Oh, that sounds like to give an LOI for X. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Send it over. I'm like, Oh, and he had to unwind a couple of them. And when he did, he's like, I got like you, he's like, Oh no, I helped a guy make an extra three, $4 million just in negotiation alone. Um, it's so yeah. A little slow. Do you have time for another anecdote? Yeah. Okay, so the success story. Yeah, good. I know this. Uh, I didn't cause this to happen, but I know a business owner. Uh, he's actually an author now, by the way, but among nice. other things, but as, as well as a business owner. Uh, but he was uh, running a failing business, working eighty to hundred hours a week. Uh, the business was yeah. absolutely failing. Um, uh, I guess he had a vision. And he uh, systematized his business, not mm -hmm. overnight. It, it you know, doesn't happen overnight, but he did. Uh, so he's gone from, let's say, 80 hours a week of failing business. Now he's got a successful business, and he works in the business one hour a month. And it's very profitable. Whoa. That's a system I'd like to see. 80 hours a week to one hour a month? Yes, sir. You want to interview him for your next book, Steve. That would be a really good expose to show people if he's open to sharing his how he did that. That's very impressive. Uh, he probably would be. So good suggestion. Keith, one of mine. Steve, so, thank you so much for being on the show today. Folks, if you want to get more information about this stuff, what I highly recommend you do, no matter when you are or where you are in your entrepreneurial journey, go check out Steve right below in the show notes. You'll see dukebizadvisors.com. And Steve would be happy to have a chat with you or you get his, his book that's coming out very soon. So, Steve, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Doug. Appreciate you it. All right. That concludes our show for today for the Author Brand Show. Hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. Be sure you check out the show notes below. There's some good stuff there. And don't forget to subscribe, like, share, comment. Give us some love. We'll give it right back. Thanks so much. Have a great day.